St. Leo 360, a 360 degree overview of the St. Leo University community. My name is Montserrat Molina. I am a student here at St. Leo University. I'm a, I'm a senior now, um, studying multimedia management. And I have been interning with the marketing and communications team at St. Leo during the spring semester. And this is another episode of St. Leo 360 podcast. And with me today is Professor Embry. Thank you for being here today. Thanks, Monty. So can you give us a little bit about or tell us a little about a little bit about yourself and just a little bit of your background? Well, sure. Uh, my name is Kenny Embry. Uh, I have a family. I'm married to my wife, Katie, and we have four children and we live in the uh, Zephyr Hills, Wesley Chapel area. Uh, I, I have worked in academia, I'm guessing about 15 years now. Um, I've been at St. Leo for about seven of those years. And it's been uh, it's been a real joy. I, I teach communication, and it's been a a fun ride, quite honestly. So you actually kind of touched on my first question, which was, what was your career before getting into teaching? I did a lot of things when I, when I was uh, when I was an undergraduate. I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to be, and I remember thinking. Maybe something in business, but I wasn't exactly sure. Kind of a pipe dream for me was was going into television. And television looked exciting and interesting. So I thought maybe, I don't know, maybe I should get into onto the speech team. I did that in high school, and then I did it again in college. And I enjoyed a, a level of success with that. I, I was actually pretty good at it. And when it started, when it came to having to come up with a major I thought, you know, I'm just going to go with the major that goes along with the public speaking thing. So I did, and it was called communication, and it was one of the best. It was one of the best decisions I made because I think one of the things that it did for me is it allowed me a lot of flexibility uh, to to do a lot of different things. So it was it was uh, it was nice. Um, so I did that uh, as soon as I graduated from college. Uh, I, I worked for a small college down in Tampa, and uh, I was a student recruiter, loved it, but it was, a, it was a job where I was traveling a lot, my territory was everything, west of the Mississippi. So I got to see a lot of the United States, which was really cool, and then after about three years, it was like, okay, you know, the Holiday Inn in Boise looks a lot like the Holiday Inn in Tampa. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I just got to the point where the travel was fun, but it was also fairly isolating. So I wanted to be able to sit down for a little while. So Awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, so my next question, with that being said, uh -huh. um, how do you think your past experiences helped you um, as a communication professor? Well, one of the jobs that I had before I became a professor was, was television, and I, I mm -hmm. worked in television for a little while. And I think that gave me an insight into what was going on in media. And one of the things that I noticed was our overall viewership was going down and this thing called the internet was kind of taking off. Mm -hmm. And so I started putting two and two together and, and realized a lot of our audience, we, we were losing a lot of our audience and it wasn't because we weren't putting on 
good programming. It was because people just got excited about the internet, and I did too. So I mean, that's 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 one of the things that that uh, that I think that past experience really helped me kind of form what I was interested in, and and not coincidentally, it it happened to fit very nicely into communication. Well, I'm really glad that this is where you ended up because I know personally you've been one of the best professors I've ever had. So I'm glad that this is where you ended up. Well, um, thank you. And with that being said, um, how did you actually come to teach here at St. Leo? I was working at a smaller college called uh, mm -hmm. uh, Florida College down in Temple Terrace. And I was at a conference and met some people who worked at St. Leo. And uh, it just seemed like really cool. They told me that they had an opening. It sounded like a really cool opportunity. And so I thought, why not? Just go ahead and put my, my hat in the ring there. I was the, the chair of my department at, at Florida College. But uh, I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and try this thing at St. Leo. And I'm glad I did. It's paid off for me in, in many, many ways. That's awesome. That's great. Um, and what is something you would tell your past self knowing that you ended up being a professor here? Well, I think one of the things that I would tell my past self is don't worry so much about the destination. Just go ahead and enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. Because the fact is, I didn't know what the next, I knew what the next step always looked like because I was always, always planning for the next step. But I didn't know what two steps looked like. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad I only focused on the next step. And, and that's, I guess if I was talking to my younger self, I would say, yeah, just, just focus on the next step. That's all you really need to worry about. Right. That's that's a very wise thing to say, especially for someone like me being a senior and trying to figure out what it is that my next step is, you know. So <laughs> I definitely agree with you. It's it's good to have both short term and long term goals. But I think for someone especially like me, it's good to focus on on short term <laughs> because that's really what we can, you know, control in a, in yeah, a way. That's right. Um, awesome. And so what would you say to sell a student who's thinking about going into um, the Bachelor of Communication program? Communication is a discipline that looks at relationships. And the higher up you go into any field, I don't care if you're going into engineering or uh, accounting or, or the, the most technical related field, the higher up you go within that organization, the more communication is important. Because one of the things, you become the, the best car salesman in the world, and all of a sudden, the place where you work is saying, okay, look, we need you to teach other people how to sell cars. Mm -hmm. well, well, now that's not so much a car sales position as a car manager position. And now you have to learn how to work with people. You have, right. to, you have to convince people to do stuff. That's a communication problem. Mm -hmm. That's not a car sales problem anymore. Right. So does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think... I think it's something also you see with, with experience, you know, just um, being able to communicate with your classmates, being able to communicate with your professors. Um, I think in every ab aspect of, of life, you know, it's just it, it comes to play. And I think it's really important um, for you to have effective communication, you know, not only communication, just actually effective communication. Yeah. The other thing that I would say kind of dovetailing off that, Monsi, is, is that Every organization is its own media organization now. Mm -hmm. um, one of the early cases that I looked at was was a, a case where Tesla was first putting out its 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 uh, the Model S, and mm -hmm. it was getting some really bad press. And the thing about it is, is the New York Times at the time 
really panned the Model S. But one of the things that Tesla did was they went on their own website and talked about what the reporter did. Right. And talked about why the, the review was bad. You know, prior to the Internet, they would not have had that opportunity. Secondly, they were able to own the message. And mm -hmm. every organization can and should own their own message. They should tell their own story rather than waiting on the New York Times to do it for them. Right. And so that is, that's a communication function. Right, right, totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree with you. Um, and then where where is this pro program offered, the communication program? Sure. Currently it is, it is uh, offered on campus, mm -hmm. but portions of it are going to be offered online. So I, I know at the very least communication studies and I think the digital media influencer track is also going to be um, offered online as well. That's exciting. That's I'm excited. I wish I was I was here for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what are the three of uh, the three tracks within this program? Yes, there are three tracks. The first track is called communication studies and communication studies basically looks at a, a traditional communication degree, which studies things like persuasion and interpersonal communication and communication theory and things like that. And, and I love all of those. The mm -hmm. second track is what we're calling digital communication, and it really has that multimedia component. It's it's really the more technical side of communication, especially communication that we do online via di video or audio. And the third track is what we call Digital Media Influencer. And it's kind of a combination of both the digital communication track and, and the communication studies track. And what it does is, is it, it, it allows you, it, it helps you with both in front of the camera and behind the camera. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the way that makes the most sense to me to describe them. Awesome. Thank you. And what are some of the strongest learning experiences a student can get from being in this major with what you just said? Sure. Remember that I say that communication is primarily relational. Right. And so I'd say the first learning experience is learning how to make, maintain, and end relationships. That's important if you're going to sell something to somebody, but it's also important if you just want to get along with some people. But mm -hmm. the other two tracks really have more to do with channels. In other words, how are you going to create those relationships? What right. what what channels are you going to use? And primarily digital channels. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that makes sense to me. So anyway, that, that, that's, that's what I would say to that. Yeah, that, that's definitely a strong learning experience. Boy, I hope <laughs> I know, so. I know, I know that's something I learned very early on. Yeah. Um, and I know this is a question you ask students a lot. And I think mm -hmm. I've, I know you've asked me this about 17 times in my college career. Um, and the question is, what do you want to be when you grow up? So how do you think, how do you help a student to get a better understanding of what he or she wants to do when they grow up, since we have such a big pool of options and opportunities? Right. And that's the problem right there. The, the <laughs> criticism of, of the communication field is that it covers so much territory. And right. I've already told you, I, I've, I've sh shown you my hand on this, which is, uh, I think you need to know the next step, maybe the next couple of steps, but that's it. Your first mm -hmm. job is going to be exactly that. It's going to be your first job. And it's probably not going to be your last job. But you need to be working toward something. The fact is your first job will be 
it will not be more things than it is. So, for example, you just got your first big job, and that's kind of <laughs> exciting. But yes. let me, and you're going to be working in an industry that, that it looks like it works in technology. Yes. Okay, there you go. Let me tell you what you're not doing. You're not selling cars. You're not doing real estate. You're not doing public relations. You are not doing, uh, it, it doesn't sound like you're doing marketing. You're not doing, look, there is so much that you're not doing that you don't right. need to worry about right now. Mm-hmm. What, what you need to focus, you need to start focusing now. Focus in on what that first job experience is. And one of the things that I, and it's the reason that I ask you guys a thousand times in classes. Mm-hmm. Figure out what you want that next step to be. Right. Just figure out the next step and start figuring out what parts of this you really want to hone in on and focus on. Once you know what you don't have to focus on, boy, that relieves a lot of stress. Right. Because now you don't have to worry so much about a thousand other things. Now you can Mm -hmm. focus and you need to. Definitely. And I know that something I feel like helped me a lot is that that question that you asked me that, I think the very first time I walked into your office. Yes. And every time I go into your office, I mean, now it's less, of course, because of the situation that we're in. But I know every single time I come in and I talk to you, even if it's just about my classes, whatever the conversation might be, you always ask me that. You always say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's something that you planted that seed so early on in my college career (laughs) that it was definitely always in my head, you know, like, what is it that I want to do? You know, like I and I think one of the things that really helped me was you know, going with all my classes, you know, I, I really was, was, that was at the top of my head. Like, is this something that I see myself doing? Is this something that I would want to go into? Do I, Mm -hmm. uh, do I enjoy this as a hobby or is it something I can make a a career out of? Right. 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 I definitely think that, you know, just because you did plant that seed so early on, it was something that really did help me, you know, throughout my college career. Well, good. Good. I, you probably don't remember this in 101, but one of the things I have all of you do is I have you take three or four self-assessments, mm-hmm. the Myers-Briggs assessment, right. uh, the the, the Holland uh, self-directed search. And really, you need to know what your strengths and weaknesses are, and of then you course. need to know what the fields are. And and then once mm-hmm. you start figuring those things out, yeah, you can, you can start making some plans. Totally. I totally agree with you. Um, and I think one of my favorite classes I ever took with you was um, the podcasting class. <laughs> and I'm wondering, what are your plans for the for the future of this class? And given that we were your p- guinea pigs, because I know my class was the first time you were ever teaching that. That's exactly um, right. What do, you think, <laughs> what do you think you would do differently next time? I think one of the things that I learned in this, obviously this is inside baseball for you and me. Right. I think one of the things that I learned in that class was when I first formulated the class, I thought I'm going to have to spend a lot of time on technology. And what I learned very quickly was it wasn't the technology that, that students had problems with. I think one of the students said this. She would like a class or two on technology and then maybe another class on technology like halfway through the semester. And that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the things that I would that I will probably get my students to focus in on more is audience. In mm-hmm. other words, who are you talking to? Because I think one of the things that I would like for you guys to start doing more of is looking at your downloads and looking at when you talk about this, what happens? And when you talk about this, what happens? Right. And does that have any kind of bearing on how many downloads you get? Mm-hmm. But 
the thing that I loved about that class, you guys were creating something that was real. It was not a classroom exercise. It was, you told your story about moving from Honduras. I yes. had another student tell her story about having autism. I had another student that talked about having epilepsy. I had another student who talked about his passion for a football team. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one of those one of those students, and I won't name her, was also able to be interviewed on Telemundo. I mean, <laughs> how cool is that? Right. That was me, by the way. <laughs> no, I definitely, no, yeah. I, I think, you know, also going into that class, I, I feel like with every class that I take with you, I never know what to expect because you're always full of surprises. <laughs> um, but I do think, like, I really enjoyed, one of my favorite parts of this class is the freedom that you gave us to, you know, you, you, you I just remember you walking in the first day and you said, do whatever you want with this podcast. Talk about whatever it is that you want, whatever you're passionate about, you know. And that's something that you really, I think, pushed on us was this is probably the most important thing that you're like about the whole podcast. You know, you need to know exactly what it is that you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I remember I did have a few ideas um, that I was, you know, brainstorming. And I said, like, OK, maybe I'll go with this one. Maybe I'll go with that one. And I yeah. think at the end of the day, you know, something that really stuck with me is you said, what are you passionate about? You know, yeah. and I know for me, that's what it was. It was my 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 family's move from Honduras to the U.S. And I knew I could talk a lot about that and potentially get people that could, you know, relate to it. So, and, and how you said, you know, um, the whole looking at how many downloads you have and focusing on your audience, I think in a way I obsessed a little bit about that. Cause I remember sure. I would just go back and, um, refresh and refresh and see how many downloads I got. Um, and it was just really exciting too, to, to know that I, I actually did get a, a pretty good number of downloads. Um, so it becomes, it becomes also really fun, you know? It doesn't feel so much as like a class. It just feels like like a hobby. And, and I don't know, I just, I had a, a, a lot of good times in that class. Well, good. I'm glad you did. I had a, a, a blast in that class. One of the things that you and everybody else did in that class, you created a community for Hondurans who moved to the United States and right. Hondurans that were thinking about moving to the United States. There was yeah. somebody else that basically created a community around epilepsy. But the other thing mm-hmm. is, and this was something that I thought, was so very cool. You guys formed a community in the class, mm-hmm. and you guys were also your each other's biggest supporters. Oh, definitely. I can't tell you how exciting that is to me, mm-hmm. because you guys are how you, you remember this after every, basically after every episode, you guys got in groups and I had you all critique each other's episodes. That's cool, right? Because y'all can that help was, each other. Yeah. Now. No, definitely. That was one of, I think that was one of my favorite parts of the class too, because the critique part of it, we were doing it so genuinely and we were doing it because we were all going through the same thing. You know, we were all, we all wanted to get our story out there. We all wanted to, you know, get those downloads and get that audience. And I remember like having a conversation with one of my classmates that we literally, the entire class, we were talking about like, okay, if this is, if you don't like what you're doing and if you're not really getting a lot of, you know, traffic in your podcast, what is it that you can do? And literally the entire class we talked about what it is, where did you go wrong? What can you do better? And it was just, we were so invested in it. Yeah. Um, 
but I think, yeah, after, after that class period, I was just like, that's, that's, that's awesome. You know, like we, we really do want to see each other succeed, you know? It was criticism to make people better and you Mm -hmm, guys made each other better. That was cool. Right. I I agree with you. And I know you have your own podcast. Um, How do you think this has helped you when, when you're teaching the, um, the podcast class? I, I tell you that I love my podcast. It's a faith-based podcast. I'm not Catholic, but but mm-hmm. I am I'm somebody who has a very strong uh, uh, religious faith, mm-hmm. and I, I think the thing that I love about my podcast is I'm allowed to have the conversations I want with the people that, that I want for as long as I want, mm-hmm. and there is a community that has started to form around it. Uh, any one episode, I can usually count on getting between 150 and 250 downloads. That's kind of cool. That's and awesome. it, it's fun. It's fun. And I am just now, I've been doing it for eight months. I'm just now starting to be asked to be a guest on other people's podcasts. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah, I, you're famous. Well, no, I'm not. But I, <laughs> I tell you what I am. I'm able to contribute to a community that means something to me. I can make a difference. Right. I can make a difference in my in my in my walk-in closet <laughs> with a microphone and a computer talking about the stuff that I think is important. That's yeah. cool. That's just cool. Definitely. And what do you think has been one of the biggest things you've learned about podcasting? About your when once having your podcast and everything. What is what's something that you've learned? There have been so many things that I've learned. Uh, one of the first things that I learned very quickly was I, I'm kind of an idiot on some things. I don't there's there's so much that I don't know, both in the production of podcasts. But like, for example, one of the things yeah, it, the last episode that I just released on Friday, uh, I talked to a, a, a guy who related the story of, of how he and his wife lost their first child. That's a really powerful thing. That's a really sobering thing. I've that's never happened to me, and I hope it never does. But that made a difference to a lot of people. Because I, I can't tell you, there were at least two people that reached back out to me and said, you know, this happened to us too. This was really hard, and this is the first time I've really heard it talked about. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I got to have that conversation. Right. And it made a difference to people. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. And now on a on a letter note, what do you think is the funniest mistake that you've made? Oh my goodness. Uh, Monsi, everybody starts out bad. And and I think if you're going to <laughs> I think if you're going to to wait until you're actually good at this, you you will wait forever. Oh, One of the things that I did at the at the very beginning was I could not stand hearing myself breathe. And so in the first couple of episodes, I edited out every single breath. So it sounded like one long run-on sentence. Uh, I've I've got the episode up there. Anybody is welcome to listen to it. Um, It's it's awful in one way. It does the job. And you know what? I'm so glad I made that mistake. I'm going to leave it up there. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm never going to fix that because it will remind me we're all idiots at some point. So, 
That's fine. It's funny that you say that because that's exactly what happened to me too from with my first episode. <laughs> I mean, I remember you when when you started the class, you said your first episode would be your worst. And I said, ah, that's not gonna happen to me. That's what happened. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. I'm I'm I did I took so long to edit it because I wanted to make it perfect. Perfect, yeah. Because I, I, I said like, oh, I said like too too many times, or I yeah. ummed too much, you know. Yeah. Um, yes. But definitely, I sound yeah, I sounded like a robot, which is really funny. Um, yeah, that's fine. It's we all do that, <laughs> Monty. We all do that. I know, I know. Um, so now on on more of the, the your teaching area, um, how uh-huh. do you how would you describe your teaching style? Well. We kind of I already think, talked about that. I, I understand. Quite honestly, Monse, you would probably be a better person to ask about what my teaching style is like. Definitely. I, I would say this. I have always seen the classroom as a community and a relationship. I think one of the things that I know very well, by the time you guys walk out of my classroom for the day, you will have... By the time in one class, you will have already forgotten half of it by the time you get to your next <laughs> class. And by the time we actually start getting into any tests, uh, you will cram for some of the stuff, but, but, and you won't remember most of it. But I tell you what you will remember, Monsi, and you'll remember this for the rest of your life. You'll remember how you felt. You'll remember what you felt like was important. And it will not be any test. It will not be any quiz. It will not, not be any chapter. It will be how you felt. And I I know this sounds sappy, and I'm not meaning it to be sappy. (laughs) Did somebody care for you? Did somebody help you? That's what you'll remember. And you'll remember that for the rest of your life. Definitely. I can totally agree with everything you just said. And, I mean, I I think I did touch on it a little bit when we're talking about the podcasting class. Yeah. Um, For every class, I mean, I just just really love that, that you're very – open to helping um students and i think that's that's not only beauty of of you know having a class that doesn't have that many students in it but also just like the university in itself um you know just being able to have that connection with you and with my other professors i think it's so key um key for success you know just being able to build on that relationship and you know i can just i can text you and i know you'll answer or i can <laughs> yeah, just right. go to your office if you're there you know and and have that conversation so i think that's something that is is just it's it's a it's a blessing to be honest it's it's a blessing um, it's a blessing for me too monsi <laughs> and on that note what do you think has been one of your proudest moments as a professor Anytime a student feels like they can come in and tell me good news, I think that's a, that's kind of an exciting thing for me mm-hmm. because I think, look, I, if I wanted to be, quite frankly, a higher paid academic, I would be writing a bunch of articles nobody will read. Um, and and I, would, I would be doing a lot of research that I probably did not have much interest in. Mm-hmm. I do do some research now, not a lot, but, but I do do some research about stuff not surprisingly it is it has started gravitating around podcasting um you, you remember alban brooke who who is the yes. the marketing well i i wrote a case study uh, on on alban and that's a peer reviewed article um it, i i plan to get it published but that makes a difference mm-hmm. that makes a difference to my students people will actually read it people will actually use it and that to me is 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 really exciting but I mean, the, the thing about it is, 
I got into teaching because I like people. And I didn't get into teaching because I, I do like books, but that's that's not what drives me. I mean, <laughs> I, I like ideas. You know that. I like ideas yeah. a lot. But ideas only insofar as they help people. Mm-hmm. So I mean that that's that's what really drives me. That that's that, that's what's exciting to me. Definitely. And how do you how how would you describe other professors who teach in this program? Uh, I would say each one of them number one is a good friend to get at what they do. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things that I would say is we're all fairly complementary. Complementary in in that my weaknesses are like gentle strengths or, right. or Keith Jones's strengths or or something mm-hmm. like that and we are quite frankly, far stronger together than we are apart. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think twice about bringing one of them into my classes. As, as a matter of fact, uh, I've, I've, taught, I've co-taught with Jen. I've, I've co-taught with Keith. I, I've, I've done a lot of things with a lot of other people in my department. They are, you know, the other thing that I completely appreciate, like Keith and I, Keith and I will bicker in a class when we took photon a class. We bickered about a couple points and we bickered about those points because we genuinely didn't agree with each other. And it had <laughs> nothing to do with did we like each other or not. Right. We like each other a lot. Mm-hmm. We just disagree. And I think the students got, were stronger for it because they had both a good pro and a good con mm-hmm. for anything we talked about. Right. Definitely. I mean, I took, I took, um, social media influencers with yeah with you and dr jones and that was really fun it was really i enjoyed having both of you what that that was a hoot that was a hoot yeah i definitely and what do you think is some advice you would give a student thinking about going into the communications field as a career yeah if you're looking at any other any other program uh you you need to ask them how are they going to help you find a job because here's the problem that your parents are going to be really worried about. You're going to major in communication. What are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. And that's a reasonable concern. I do think part of my job is letting people like you, Monse, not walk out of there without a pretty good idea what the next step looks like. Right. And you, you noticed, I asked you every single time, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And I have done my dead level best to try to prepare for you for that next step. Definitely. And and we talk all about networking. We talked about networking a lot, didn't we? Yep, yep. And we talk a lot about st- skills. We mm-hmm. talk a lot about what you need to know and, quite frankly, what you don't need to know. Mm-hmm. I don't want you just to have a fun college experience. I do want you to have that. I want you to have something that prepares you for something else because – Like it or not, college ends at some point, Mm -hmm. and you need to be prepared for the next step. So the the advice that I would give anybody who was coming into my my communication class or any communication field, the beauty of communication is it's very broad. And and by the way, I do think, I think that's a strength. (laughs) But you do need to start figuring out what direction you want to take it. And that's important. So, yeah, yes. that's the advice that I would give. Definitely. And something I want to bring up also is, um, yes, you definitely always made it a point to know that networking is absolutely key, like, for anything in life, you know. 
Um, one yeah. of the things I enjoyed about being in, you know, in this in this area is that is the industry council. Industry council. Yes. Um, I got to know a lot of people. I got to network a lot, and um, with it being virtual this last semester. I thought it would make a difference, but I actually liked it better than when it was in person. <laughs> um, I just because it was it was kind of cool because you know it just I I presented something like a, a part of my portfolio, um, and we got into breakout rooms and we were with you know with with experts and and respectable people and I got that one on one time with them you know and also have um, have students there with me so I didn't feel like I was alone. You know? Right. Right. I would still say I still prefer the face-to-face -face because my <laughs> guess is, uh, hear me out, I think you felt more comfortable because you didn't feel as self-conscious. Oh, definitely. And I think what you need to do is get over the self-consciousness because I think you will make a better impression face-to-face. -face. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I understand, and I think probably most students felt the same way that you did. Mm -hmm. I would still push that toward to being a face to face when we can. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, just just in general, you know, even class on Zoom is more comfortable because you can turn off your camera if you want to. I try not to, but yeah, you, you can turn yeah. you can turn your camera off. You know, you, you don't you can take class in your PJs and nobody will know. So it's definitely more <laughs> comfortable. Yeah. But and I but I one of the reasons I also liked it um, being virtual, it was because I remember the first time I went to the industry council, not really knowing what it, what to expect. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really bring my portfolio. So I didn't really have anything for them to look at. And when it was virtual, like I had everything on my computer, you know? Yeah. So I think that yeah. was one of the reasons I really liked it was because I had everything like right there at my fingertips. Yeah, I get that. I understand that. You know, I would just say from, from my, from my point of view, you know, as a current student is just definitely take advantage of everything that's offered. You know, because I think a lot of the time we can sit back, you know, we, we can relax, we can see our classmates getting involved and doing all that and saying like, eh, that's not really for me. But yeah. if you think it's not for you, it definitely is, you know, yeah. because that's yeah. that's one of the like best advantages, I think. Yeah. The other thing is right now there are a lot of services available to you for free. Mm -hmm. That once you once you graduate, they are not free anymore. Exactly. And and so go ahead and take advantage of those things that are a career services center. Take mm -hmm. advantage of that. Go out and find out what you can find. So I mean right. that's that's a that's a valuable resource that right now is free, and as soon as you graduate, becomes not free. So I mean, do that. Make sense? Definitely, definitely yeah. agree with you. And my last question is, what are some alumni success stories of those who have completed this program? Well, I know one of my students just got offered a job today, and she's very <laughs> excited about that. I've had, I've had some students that I'm very, very proud of. I've, I often use them for uh, guest speakers after they graduate. Did you hear that? Yes. Um, and <laughs> I, I, have, I have a student uh, who now works for, uh, worked for Home Shopping Network. Uh, and is starting to produce her own television. She, her own television. Um, mm -hmm. She, I, I know another student who currently works for iHeartRadio, and she does graphic design for them. Mm -hmm. By the way, did not major in graphic design, but I mean, <laughs> she, she did some really cool stuff. I, I know another guy that is working social media platforms for a uh, a car dealership, and by the way, one of the has won several awards for that. 
I, mm-hmm. I know a couple of people that I've had within my tenure of teaching uh, who have gone gone on to get their PhDs and are also academics. So, I mean, I know a lot of people who have done a lot of really cool things. And the thing that kind of makes them all, that, that, that unites them all, is they had a pretty decent job with, uh, had a pretty decent idea what the next step looked like. Right. I think that's a, that's the biggest thing to get from this podcast, right? Just kind of know what, what the next step is for you. So yeah. I definitely, that's a really great takeaway and a great um, place to end this. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Dr. Embry, for coming on here and talking to me. Yeah. I really appreciate your time and thank you so much. Not any problem, Monsi. I'm very happy. Thank you. Have a good one. To hear more episodes of the St. Leo 360 podcast, visit stleo.edu forward slash podcast. To learn more about St. Leo's programs and services, call 877-622-2009 or visit stleo.edu.